This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago is a pretty industrial city, but as some neighborhoods can tell you, all that industry can and does have a cost. And that cost seeps right into the very land around us. Lead and other heavy metals, paint and gas, linger in the soil that we may depend on for urban agriculture and community gardens. So how can our communities clean up and heal soil? Well, the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization has been fighting for this for decades. Leaders pushed for the federal government to clean up an industrial site on the southwest side and then pushed to make that space a neighborhood park. And now community members are building a local farm on this land. Here to tell us more is Nateo Carreño, farm manager at La Villita Park Farm. Welcome to the show, Nateo. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Here in Chicago, we know that industry and pollution is heavily centered in the southwest and southeast sides of the city, uh, which are majority black and Latinx communities. So this is a story of resilience and of holding companies and governments to account, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely the story. The story of La Vida Park is definitely the story of, of what happens when decades worth of organizing through community, through organizations led by community, um, is what happens when we all get together to do that. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It's about holding holding these corporations accountable, for sure. You know, there have been at least five different companies polluting this land, which led to it being a Superfund site. Can you give us the backstory? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, part of the history of the land is definitely how much it took for the community to get it to where it is now. Um, so the 24 acres of land that we're on, like you said, held five corporations that made up what's called the Celotex site. Um, so through the years of 1911 to about 1982, there were five companies on this site that produced asphalt, coal, and tar products, which over the course of that time, when heavy rains fell, um, all of that all of that oil and all of those tar asphalt products were leaching into the soil. And PHAs, which are a byproduct of all of those products, of the coal, tar, asphalt products, were leaching not just into the soil on the site, but into the neighboring areas as well. So what were the health ramifications there? So PHAs are actually a, a well-known carcinogen. Um, if anybody does just a, you know, a little bit of research on the Internet and you look up PHAs, they are a cancer-causing carcinogen. The Little Village Environmental Justice Organization started asking for remediation or cleanup, as you mentioned, in, in 1989. So did they get their wish? So, yeah, in 19, 1989, the, the first report, uh, the first report was, was given to the IEPA. And so the EPA and the IEPA together through investigations were, like you said, called the site a Superfund site, which is a site that is contaminated by hazardous waste. And that means that they are legally up, obligated by law to clean up the site. And so it was really like an interagency effort spanning decades, spanning decades. And so um, and so over this time, one of the main removal actions uh, that happened during 2008 and two, 2009 uh, was that the Honeywell Corporation, which is the corporation that through investigation uh, we were, the EPA was able to find was responsible and liable for the remediation as well, uh, they actually removed about 16,000 tons of contaminated soil. Okay. Um, 
yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, imagine the scale of, of 16,000 tons, you know. And so all of that soil was removed um, and a cap was placed on the land. Uh, so this cap, uh, this cap is two feet of clay, I believe, and uh, two feet of clay and gravel that, again, kind of provide a layer between uh, between the toxins and the soil that we're working with now. Yeah. Natea, what's the vision overall for this farm? Um, you know, the, the, the more we all talk about it as a group, you know, within within the org and within the community, we, we really hope that the farm um, and the garden, Semillas, and just our vision for food justice always continue to transform around what the community needs. Um, and for us right now, that looks like going from harm to farm. Yeah. And you're you're doing a volunteer day right now? Uh so right now uh uh right now we're actually uh we're actually measuring out to prepare for our volunteer day hopefully Saturday um uh hopefully Saturday so nice. right now we are actually on site we're measuring out uh we're measuring out you know where our rows are going to be where we're going to plant our vegetables figuring out how our infrastructure is going to get set up um but we're hoping to have a volunteer day on Saturday yeah this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, my guest is Nateo Carreño, the manager at a farm in Little Village. And we're talking about an effort to turn a former industrial site into a community farm as part of our weekly sustainability segment. Now, I want to bring another voice into the conversation with us. Akila Martin is a soil scientist and enthusiast and coach at AM Root Builders. Welcome to the show, Akila. Thank you, Sasha. How are you? I'm doing well. I am uh, intrigued by your title. Tell me, what's a soil scientist? Yeah, I want to say hi to Nateo as well. Hey, Nateo. And hey, everyone. So, yeah, a soil scientist, um, I mean, it's so, so expansive. And uh, so soil science expands to the chemistry, the physical, the the biological, the microbiological, the the interrelationships with water and air, to the the landscape, to the land use, to I mean I can go on and on and on, right. but that's kind of like the expanded version of a soil scientist. And I'll be clear that I'm mostly interested in, and what I get most excited about is the soil physics part of of it all. I'm so much uh, that's where I land with soil physics, soil Ooh. physical properties. Yep. So. Veggies can absorb toxins from the ground, right? I yeah. wonder how much of a concern is that for you? I wouldn't say it's a concern. I just, I, I would say that it's a way for people to, to quote unquote, as Natale was saying, clean up a site, uh, which they call phytoremediation. But there are other ways to do things that may be less alarming for people for thinking of taking up, uh, taking up contaminants from the soil and veggies, especially if you're thinking about eating those or consuming those. So we would want to talk about that a little further, of course, Sasha. Um, but one of the things that people can do is do some phytoremediation with composting and maybe even as, uh, Natale said earlier, capping or covering an area that you know is contaminated and just staying away from it without, without growing anything that you're planning to consume there. Mm-hmm. Just to be on the safe side. Yep. Yeah. And in addition to the toxins, uh, Nateo mentioned earlier, there's often high levels of lead in people's backyards, which sounds scary, but yes. it's important to you that people don't think that soil is a bad thing. Exactly. Thank you so much for saying that, Sasha. Yes, uh, soil is so awesome. I mean, it is the foundation of life, and we want to do whatever we can to protect it and create a sanctuary and a safe space for it. And 
you know, have the best relationship that we can with soil. And so just just because we talk about lead in the soil, lead is not the only quote unquote contaminant. I mean, if you're putting, uh, if you are intaking any type of medications, that becomes part of the soil profile. Any hair products, beauty products, medical waste. I mean, it goes on and on and on of the things that are also present in the soil and also present in our water, our mm-hmm. drinking water system. What does happy, healthy soil look like, Akila? And then, and when we talk about healing, healing soil, what does that mean? Those are awesome questions. So I'll say what a healthy soil would look like, and I'm speaking of Chicago specifically because soils have different colors and different textures and properties across the world. So in Chicago, you know, we have a really high clay content, and we also have some really sandy soils because we have the beach, right? And so what you would want to see, visual things that you like to see, is some dark color soil because it means you have some organic matter. You love to see some animals out there, right? Some insects, some worms, some rodents, all of that, because that means that the soil is doing great things and the the animals love to be there. So they're doing their job with aerating so that air and water can get through. Mm-hmm. You love to see soil that is not compacted. You want to you want to be able to see the roots being able to penetrate through the soil profile. And you don't want to see water ponding, meaning making a pond or um, a puddle or whatever for elementary terms, you want to be able to see any water that's any precipitation being able to infiltrate that soil uh, surface and going down through the profile. And uh, as far as soil healing, I would say, um, as I said earlier, reintroduce yourself to the soil and, you know, smell it, love it, taste it if you can, be a part of it, learn what's happening in your yard, whether it's the front, back or side of the yard or someone else's yard in your community. Try to do some uh, some testing of it with uh, for nutrients not necessarily testing of the chemical contaminants mm-hmm. unless you really are really interested in that. But you can get a kit from the store, the garden center, to see what's happening with your soil. You can texturize your soil with your hands to see if it's sandy, silty, soft, or is it gritty or coarse. I mean, these are things you can do right right quickly. Just go outside. You can look at the color, see yeah. if it's dark, if it's light, um, just to see what's happening really quickly. Five minutes, you and your family. Natea, what's the plan mm-hmm. for, for safely engaging with this soil and 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 this land as you start building the farm? Yeah, yeah. So we're very much in, uh, and I want to say hi to Akila as well. We're, uh, we've been in many circles together uh, since the season has started. Oh, so, nice. Um, hello. Yeah, uh, but we're very much in the beginning stages of our land care plan. Uh, we believe in something called just transition, which is like, how do we hold the life of everything sacred? And soil is the, is the, is the foundation of all of that in, in our view. And so it's going to involve a lot of community knowledge. I want to highlight La Villita because we have a, we have such a full community of farmers and growers who are here who know things, who know how to be in healthy relationship with the land. It's going to take some soil microbiology. And really, we're trying to use, you know, ancestral land care practices that have been developed by BIPOC folks for generations. So we're working to find some collaborators, you know, who might help us test our soils for metals as well. But um, right now we're, we're working on the site. The way that we're working on the site is that we've built up, uh, we've built up about like a foot and a half to a foot of wooden mulch with cardboard underneath it. And we'll be planting into rows of amended compost on top of it. So like Dr. Like Akila said, until we get to know the profile of our soil, we're kind of putting a little bit of a layer between it just Mm -hmm. to make sure that you know the food that we're growing has a little bit of a layer there and as that layer of organic matter breaks down right it's creating a fungal profile in the soil 
which will allow it the capacity to break down any toxins that we might not be aware of right now. I see. So that's that's a little bit of what that is right now. So to that end, Natea, what can people listening do at a community level to heal soil? You know, um, this this is definitely community work. That's one thing I want to encourage anybody who's listening right now. If you think that, that remediation is something that's beyond the capacity of, of what you can do at a community level, you know, I'm... I, I really want to encourage folks to know that it's within your capacity, you know, as, as Akila was saying, composting, right? Introducing compost into your landscape, um, you know, introducing plants into your landscape, all of these things, right, get us a step closer to remediating in a natural way, which is, again, knowledge that has been accessible to us through ancestral practices for generations and generations and generations. Yeah. Uh, Akila, as as we talk about soil testing, remind us what kinds of tests are available, and are they yeah. expensive? I guess it depends on people's pockets when it comes to ex, you know expensive, but it would, it can be anywhere from thirty dollars to more, depending on how much soil and how many you know things you're testing for. Uh, but if you're just trying to do a nutrient test, those kits run anywhere from three dollars to thirty dollars, depending on the how many tests you want to do you know, throughout the season if you're growing. Um, and there are several places. Um, if you if you found a university, they may do it for free. So that would be a okay. boon for people who want to get their soil tested. If you don't want to wait for the university, uh, there, are, there are labs in Chicago that would do it. I've used uh, one for a project, and they, they turn around the, you know, the results very quickly and, you know, help you understand what your results are saying so that you know how to, to act, you know, to engage after that. Yeah. And I would just want to add that we want the, sto- the soil to be busy doing the work that it's supposed to do and not trying to fight off, quote, unquote, uh, contamination, right? So whatever we can do with that healing, uh, I would say, you know, reach out to Natale and I, and there are several other people in Chicago that are really interested in mm-hmm. supporting people's work in uh, you know, their relationship with the soil. Well, if they're listening now, Akila, and uh, they're concerned about the soil in their garden, what are the steps that you recommend that they take to plant safely? Yeah, so uh, knowing your home, you know, if you are, if you already have a home or if you're interested in buying a home, you probably want to find out what was the land use there before your house was built, if the, you know, if that was the case. That will let you know what's happening, you know, find out if you have lead pipes, you know, for your plumbing. If you know that there was lead paint used in your home, around your home, you want to make sure that wherever you're trying to plant is away from that area. And that's just one part of that. Another part of that is really thinking about what the sun is and, you know, access to water and things of that nature of really trying to have a prosperous, you know, season of growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are concerned, you could use grow bags. You can, you know, use a raised bed. Um, I mean, there are several ways you can do it. You can use containers, any container. Well, I shouldn't say any because you want to make sure you know the content of the container. You don't want to add any more contaminants to your food or to the soil or to the environment in general. Uh, But there are several ways to plant. You can do it inside your home. You don't always have to plant outside. Things grow inside with with the grow light. So you can always be a part of the growing process if you'd like. There's several entry points, I would say. Yep. That's great. Uh, Natea, before I let you go, where can folks learn more? about the farm yeah absolutely so uh folks can learn more about the farm by following the little village environmental justice organization website um checking us out on instagram as well um we'll be posting a little bit more uh highlights and information about um 
about what we're doing here and just kind of what our goal is and how we transform according to, again, what the community needs on both those platforms. That was Nateo Carreño, farm manager at La Vita Park Farm, and Aquila Martin, soil scientist and enthusiast. Nateo and Aquila, thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.